With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and today I'm talking to two very special people. We have Celestial Blue Star of the Pleiades and David of Arcturus. Welcome, Celeste and David. Thank you. Thank you, and hello. (laughs) Hello. You know, this is so special because today we're going to be talking about Pleiades and Arcturus and UFOs and Nisara, the new Christ consciousness coming to the planet. First, I do just want to talk about walk-ins. Now, Celeste and David, you guys just know that you're a walk-in. Can you explain what is a walk-in and how did you know? There's a big misconception out there that most people think that uh, walk-ins are something new to this planet. Uh, it has always been done this way. Before people incarnate on Earth, they have soul contracts, and some of those contracts allow them to come in to, say, experience just a certain segment of life. A lot of people only want to experience the birth sec- the segment, and then nothing later on. So at that point, somebody, another soul with a prearranged agreement will come in, and there will be a soul exchange. It's usually during a traumatic period. Um, uh, for both of us, it was uh, in water. Uh, for me, I was in a swimming pool, and the other soul basically passed. I came in, and uh, it carried on from there. But walk-ins have always been, and everybody, so many people get too obsessed with that. Uh, whether you're a walk-in or you're a born-in, you're here to live life and experience it. Mm. You've mentioned that you came with instructions. Yes, we all do. We all do. There is an anomaly that I will emphasize the most, walk-ins experience. And that is that most walk-ins do not have recall until a certain part of a coding and it is an encoding that we each carry. That is to, almost like a chime, but that it will go off at a specified time, which is predicated upon the events, the missions, the tasks that each walk-in is set to succeed in in any given lifetime. Now, in my case, yes, I have recall. I have recall from way before. I remember even when I descended into the body of the soul, that, of the body of the person that I was exchanging places with, 
I could remember that what I was here for. Things will get foggy for a little while for most of us because the difficult part is after you arrive. In my case, I was attacked within maybe a second after I entered into the physical body because I came in in the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> literally, <laughs> two miles from the ARE. What is the ARE? Edgar Casey's Foundation in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Okay. Yes, and it's been there for many, many years and is a wonderful place that has all, a library of all his writings and many other tools for people to learn from. But with me, as soon as I landed in a body in the ocean, this thing, um, I, there is no appropriate term, that had a, an enormous, and I do mean enormous, I'd say probably if you think about a living room sofa, it would have been the size of close to half of a sofa with the claw extended that just literally grabbed me around my right thigh and held on tightly trying to drag me out further into the sea. It has not been an easy walk for me from the moment I arrived here. I literally battled my way out of that, and my father, Blue Star the Palladian, kept telling me very clearly, you must get out of the water, you must get out of the water now. And then everything froze, like everybody became living statues on the beach, except me. And I saw the ships coming lower to the earth, and the lights flashing, and I fought as hard as I could, managed to free myself, made it to shore, and then all the figures became animated again, and the ship simply, poof, disappeared. But I carried that this huge, I mean these huge marks where you could clearly see this long uh, claw with almost pointed long fingernails that had been holding my leg. I carried that for weeks to come after that fact. So yes, we do all come with instructions, but the encoding is what people need to remember. David, on, on his part, his did not start to awaken until how many years ago with yours, David? Uh, about 10 years ago. Right. I actually walked in in 1963 uh, as a child at six years old. So for me, I got to experience life here as everybody else did and learn uh, and evolve on my own course until that preset time when that encoding kicked in, when it was time for me to wake up to who I was, why I was here, my purpose for being. Uh, another thing you want to understand People don't understand that it, when the walk-in, uh, when it happens, the soul that is coming in also has to take care of any unfinished business that the previous caretaker of the body did not finish before they left, okay? And most walk-ins, they usually feel like loners. 
They uh, don't feel like they fit in. Uh, in Celeste's case, when she came in, uh, she came in totally just like she was up in the Pleiades or anywhere else, which is natural everywhere in the universe except here on Earth, is you want to come in and you want to help everybody and you want to do everything for everybody. And she had uh, some tough lessons there. Yes. So you see, though, it's not a phenomena the way people tend to feel it is. It's a natural occurrence. It is not possession. No one needs to run to their neighborhood witch doctor or exorcist to <laughs> freed somebody from this. It is a cooperative venture. And it's just always been this way. Except now, walk-ins are amassing here in greater numbers than we ever, ever have before. Because this time, it is literally for all the marbles. We're at that juncture between the light and the dark where evil cannot continue to be here. So regardless of what evolutionary status a walk-in is on, and walk-ins are like everybody else. We all have our own levels of maturity, our own levels of knowing, our own levels of evolution. And whatever level anyone is on, we work from and on that basis, that foundation. To raise them higher. Yes. Let's go back to your story that you had about your coming out of the water in the Atlantic Ocean. When the figures were in slow motion, to me that sounds like almost time was standing still. Or it was. You are here carrying so much light. It's wonderful that you can recall, and possibly because of that, does that attract the darkness? And, and let's talk your near-death experiences. You wrote a book, The Blue Star Trilogy, and that was a couple years ago. Was that 2004? Yes. In that time, you had only had five near-death experiences, but since that time, how many have you had? Uh, counting the one that David and I shared together in Arizona, 13. So, now certainly that doesn't frighten you. No. And what do you think that is? Why do you think I'm not frightened by it? No. What is the near-death experience? Is it another soul exchange, or is no. it the darkness trying to no, keep... No, no. No, this is strictly the darkness. You see, what, something else that people do not understand. Every time a soul arrives here, and in, in this case it doesn't matter if you were born in or walk in, but especially with walk-ins, every time a soul arrives here, the other side, the dark forces, they know each and every incoming soul. Mm. Especially the ones such as myself and David that they have battled so many times on so many planets, including this planet, the Earth star planet. And yes, they know why we're here, they know that we are a formidable lot. And they have their own type of protocol. And basically what it comes down to, 
the way they foresee us is if we can't break their spirit, kill them. Okay. It's that simple. Well, you guys stay protected. How do you protect yourself? Well, we know many techniques from our home planet, which is using energy against lesser uh, dark energy that can destroy that energy that is being targeted towards you. We use that. We also call upon all of our spirit guides in times of extreme battle and our off-world families that the star keepers from the Pleiades, from Octaurus, and all the other ones who have all joined forces and working towards the goal of, of reclaiming the Earth Star as a, the house of God, which is what it always was intended to be, we call upon them. And they battle right there with us. Some of our battles have been so extraordinary, haven't they, David, that it would be difficult to even describe to you, but perhaps David can. Well, we've uh, been attacked so many times, it's almost, we can be out speaking in public, and you literally have to, we talk a lot, we teach a lot about walking one with one foot in both worlds, one which is the physical world, which we're walking through, and then there's the spiritual world, um, but you can be, it can be at any time, at any place, so you have to be prepared to do the battle and keep talking without missing a beat. Uh, what people don't understand is, uh, like she was explaining, we use energy. We use energy to create uh, swords. Uh, we use energy to create lasers, uh, fireballs, whatever it takes to keep these ancient adversaries of ours, which this has been going on for a long, long time, and the battle just keeps going on. And as you evolve and as you move up, so does the level of your adversary. It's, uh, it's never-ending. Um, another thing I'd like to mention is what she was talking about, about how they know that we're coming in when, the, when a body is uh, walked in or born in. Mm -hmm. hey, this is a movie, okay? Look at it that way. Uh, at home, uh, in the in-between times, you write your soul contract, which is basically a script. And right now, right here, everyone on the planet is walking through the movie, uh, enacting their parts, and to the best of the worst of their ability. You guys came here with instructions. You had your coding awaken you. What is our purpose? What is our purpose? To evolve, to continuously move forward in a progressive fashion without looking down to see if someone will catch you if you stumble, to have trust and faith in yourself as a human being, and all beings are God in physical manifestation when they are walking the road that not everybody wants to walk. We are to be of God because we are each God. We are each God just as God is 
all of us. Our purpose is to continually create, not recreate. Recreate is to simply redo the past repeatedly until you get tired of the experience and have no choice left but then to create anew. We are here to be all that we can be for our soul selves and for all others who we can help. Then people think that the the dark and the light are basically just opposites of each other. Parts of that are true, but at the same time, please understand that we have the ability to create. Everybody that has absorbed enough light and is moving forward can create any circumstance, anything that uh, they may need, require. The dark, they have lost their ability to create. Yes. They just recreate. That's why they need us. Okay? That's why this planet has been, uh, I hate that term, people like to call it the dark ages back then. Okay? We disagree. We think that we're still in the dark ages, but we're coming out of it right now. Okay? Uh, They need us. We don't need them. We know that 2012 is a shift in consciousness that's pretty much already going on. How does that fit in with the work that you're here to do? We're not here because of a calendar date of 2012, but it has proven to be a goal that so much of humanity has set as the time of everything changing. We are here to forward the progressive movement of Nasara, the golden age, which I don't personally use the term age unless I just want somebody to to use it so people can identify with it. It's actually called the golden now because everything... Mm is simultaneous. So when it comes to 2012, it's a pivotal time in one sense because so much of what's already been begun here will really accelerate in 2012. And so many people who are still the walking asleep will either wake up or leave the planet. That choice is theirs. And it started several years ago. But the closer we get to 2012, the more hysteria is, is among the people of the world, especially people involved in esoteric work, because they're looking at it as some kind of a golden pot at the end of the rainbow. They forget the rainbows go on forever. There is no end. And part of our purpose is to help people to awaken themselves and more so to remind them or teach them how to find, to go within to find answers, which is a a form of uh, helping people to remember what they've forgotten. Everybody, when they're in between lives, they know most everything, everything that they've learned as far as their evolution of the soul. But when they come here, they tend to forget things. 
There's a lot of conditioning on this planet. There's a lot of programming. And all of this is being shaken by the massive influx of that Nasara wave coming through here. The energy is shaking people. It's obviously, um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's their, their, their natural tendencies, whether it's good or bad, are being amplified. They're magnified, yes. They're being magnified. That's why you're going to be noticing a lot of people acting out. These are people that are not moving forward. Uh, they're going to be confused. They're dazed. They don't know what's going on. They've never felt anything like what's happening here now. And that's understandable because it hasn't been this way on this planet since its inception. People, and it's important that everyone understand this, their greatest fear is having their personal foundation in life broken and exposed to having not a foundation that is solid, but one that is clay. And it doesn't matter if it's the religion or if it's politics, economics. It doesn't matter which of any of those factors it can be. When their foundations in life are shaken and then broken, they're going to either flounder, look at things the way they really are, and start living by creating something beautiful to stand on again, or they will fall into the greatest sinkhole of illusions that has ever, ever been on this planet. That is their fear that will be exposed, and it's being exposed every day now more and more. The reason people aren't aware of this, and I'm speaking only of the ones who want to be aware of it, the ones who don't want to be aware of it, well, there's nothing we can do for them anyway. But the ones who want to be aware of it, the media isn't talking about it. Their, their political parties aren't discussing it. So everything is done behind closed doors. All these talks all the true information of all these realities is not being discussed. So people who really want to know are getting confused because the more they think to know, they know, actually the less they do. Same thing happens with in the physicians. Uh, people, physicians are seeing changes in the body. The DNA is changing in the body. The body every cell in the body is absorbing more light and as that happens the entire structure of the body moves into a more crystalline state and people are feeling aches, pains, pressures uh, they don't know what it is so they run to the doctor they, and the doctors look at them and all they have to go on is what they've been taught Yes. Okay? There's many physicians, very good physicians, very good healers that are awakening and they are teaching others. And so soon that will change too. Let's go back to it because you mentioned it and I want to make sure that everyone really gets it. Fear 
and love. Now, Nisara, the golden now, in my interpretation, is love. More of it. Am I right? You are, but you're limiting it. Okay, it is love, but it's more than love. With love, there must also be harmony, peace. There must be tranquility. There must be cooperation between the collective consciousness of the people on this world. All right? Love can be interpreted in many ways, but Nasara is the... She epitomizes love. She epitomizes God. She is the Jesus the Christ consciousness. And within her matrix lives God. So when you say love, I just wanted to expand upon that. What is fear? Fear is every insecurity you can think of. Worry, doubt. Yes. 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 Frustration. Yes. Disappointment. So when we feel ourselves in that area of disappointment, we need to stand up, sit up, and take notice and see if we can turn it on a dime. Right. You need to see where it's coming from. Right. Is it something that you've created in your mind, which obviously the best way to live life is to live through your soul voice, okay? The mind is programmed by the individual, and the mind, the person, programs the fears, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at it, something and you see that you're, you're afraid of something, you need to understand why. Did you program that? Was it something that was taught to you? And find a way to turn it around. Sure. Yes. Yeah, David, you're right, because what people don't understand, fear does not emit, is not emitted by soul voice. It is not soul memory. Soul is wise. Soul accepts and understands the anomalies that people do not, because people are wearing a physical vehicle. The intellect, however, the intellect must depend upon the physical vehicle in order for the intellect to survive. So if the body dies, the intellect is no more. So the intellect will issue fear warnings to people in order to keep fight for its own survival. Do you understand? Yes. Now, the intellect, otherwise known as the ego? Yes. Yes. And our thoughts become things which end up as beliefs as well. People create their own realities every moment of every day. The people that live in the past are just a recreating those golden oldies. Um, for us, we live completely in the now. Uh, there is no past, there is no future, it's just right here, right now. Everything is happening, everything is manifesting, everything is materializing here in the present. For us, we look at the world and we see, well, obviously we see what's wrong, but also we see what's, what's, what's good, we see what's coming, what's changing, 
because we live so much in the now, we can see, for example, dimensional doorways. We get to see the golden hue of the energies of the golden now coming in and circulating around the planet. Uh, everything in the physical here is like a holograph. And the more in tune you get with living in the now, the more you realize how you can work with the system instead of against it all the time. Uh, that's why you'll see people that will see uh, spirits, uh, angels, your guides, whatever, right there in the room with you. Um, before the program, you were talking about orbs. Uh, a lot of people are picking them up with their digital cameras because the cameras are able to see in the present with the digital technology. Uh, but if you get so much in tune with living in the now and comfortable with yourself, we see them all over the house all the time. You see, that's another reason why we don't use the term age, for instance, with golden age. Think about it. The term age puts a constraint on an event. It limits it. Mm. Sara is the golden now. The now is forever. We see the love that is sweeping across, and people who do not understand love cannot respond to it. They do several different things, and will continue to do this for many years to come, far beyond 2012. They're either going to run in fear from something that they consider an anomaly, because they don't have it within themselves, so they cannot respond to it, or they will react in great hostility, very, very great hostility, and target it at anyone who tries to show them love. So those people, yes, they are the problem children, but love itself and this coming changes, you know, I think it's time for people to stop using the term coming changes. They're here. They are here. And this is all good. None of this is unexpected, except to the people who really want and have to have a life lived within a safety net. But there is no stability in the safety net. It's simply a matter of programming of conditioning. None of these things are of God. God is not an anomaly. God lives, breathes, speaks, creates, expresses, just as we do, only on a higher level of understanding and with great wisdom. But with all of this coming through, and touching so many people, animals, vegetation, everything you can think of. In time, and it will not be for a long time yet, all things will be as one. We will all, we meaning the people on this planet, and all life forms, period, will all react in a state of unification. As long as there is a, a separation, Rather than an integration of spirit and heart, then 
there cannot be the Jesus of Christ consciousness living and working within every person. We are to evolve to the best of our ability. We are to teach all those who are receptive with full expectations that they will assume the responsibility, and it is a grave responsibility, of going forward and teaching others. This is all part of love, Lauren. It's, it's a passion. It's a passion for life. It's a passion to be your soul, to be everything, everything you have ever been in your finest moment. So you live life with passion, with a zest for living, and knowing that you do not have to question and say, does life have meaning? Rather, you need to know that all life has meaning. People are, everybody here on the planet is the caretaker of God's planet. Mm -hmm. uh, as Les Father has recently said, that 2009 is the year of personal decisions. This year, what you think, what you create, will create your reality for the next three to five years. A lot of people are purging. I think maybe some negative stuff is coming up for so many because, am I correct in saying that this golden now, Nisara energy, is pushing the negative. It's helping us to cleanse and purify. And that means we need to move on some of these negative thought patterns. Everything that was built has to be rooted out. Everything that is not in a positive, positive type of an energy has to go away. If people wanted to really help themselves to move uh, at an exponential rate forward right here, right now, take a look at every all their insecurities. Take a look at everything that they may have considered a sin. Take a look at any of their fears. Just look at it, examine it, thank it for the experience, thank it for everything that it taught them, and let it go. And do it one by one by one by one. When something pops in your head, just keep doing it. And I'll tell you, within a matter of no time of now time, they'll be feeling so much lighter and fluid. Thought patterns are energy, just as all matter is energy, yet energy exists on many different levels. There are many input and output functions of these types of energies. Thought patterns, thought trailers, attract the very same thoughts to them that they're sending out to others. They, they have their own type of, oh, I use the media, their own type of broadcasting system. And these mini satellites just go in there and send this out and bring back the very same thing, but it can be of a higher degree when it returns to the person who is sending it out. So you, this is another form of giving and receiving. People with ugly thoughts in their minds, the negative, or concerned about disappointments. 
many disappointments in life were geared by that same individual or individuals in their soul contract simply for the experience to see how they've grown from having the disappointment. Do they need to continue having the same ones or did they finally get over it? So you see, these are all a part of a mosaic and it is a mosaic of individual life what is also part of collective life. Energy has a way of attaching itself. You're going to be, there's so many, so many of us that are moving steadily forward. And then there are family members, friends that are sitting still, going backwards. Uh, you're going to be noticing a lot of families splitting up, a lot of divorces and things as one partner is moving forward and the other one isn't. Uh, you have to separate yourself from those people in order to not have the, their, their heaviness, their energy, their, their thoughts, which are energy streamers, attach them to you and bring you down. So that's why there's going to be so many people transitioning. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people moving to different locations to find a higher energy that is conducive to their own body's vibra vibratory state. The golden Nasara that's coming in, and you guys can see it, living in the now. Let's talk about orbs, and we can talk about chemtrails. I live in Colorado, and chemtrails are very distinctive. And lately, within the past year, or definitely six months, I've been noticing at times heavy, heavy chemtrail patterns. And then shortly after that, these chemtrails literally just break up in a matter of moments. There are so many different chemicals and whatnot that they are mixing in with the chemtrails, the barium, aluminum. Uh, basically, a lot of it's waste that they just want to get rid of. Uh, the chemtrails were first thought of cleaned back by Adolf Hitler and it's just been picked up and carried through. Uh, the orbs can go up there and help to neutralize it. Uh, family above, I call them family, which is the star keepers above, uh, they help to neutralize the chemtrails. The orbs uh, they have the ability to go into the planet and grab energy, bring it back up uh, to seed the sky uh, at the same time and grab energy from above and bring it down into the planet. Yeah, orbs are remarkable. Uh, we love them all dearly. Uh, some areas it's so heavily populated with orbs that are in continuous motion. Other areas we noticed by doing some monitoring, uh, we one time went to, a, was it a carnival, David? Carnival. And as you can imagine, the noise was very chaotic, more of the disorganized chaos of a carnival. And the music was the usual tinny, whiny, screechy music. 
no orbs at the carnival, but where there were a few children way over to the side, we saw orbs all around all around the children. But they would not enter in to that arena area where the main part of the carnival is. They are ancient civilizations in representation. Some of them are such old, old souls that have chosen to be orbs simply to help the planet. You can watch them. They'll come down uh, carrying energy. If you put your hand close to an orb, you'll see and feel the energy. They will speak with you. Uh, you can speak back through telepathy, of course, with the orbs. You can watch them pass right through the ground, down into the earth, and sometime later, if you're still in that same spot, you'll see them rise right back up through the earth and move along in their way, whether they're going to go vertically, sideways, or wherever. We have one who told me his name is Red King. This orb is unusual because he continually develops a type of, uh, we just call it a, a silver crownish effect on the top of his person, for the lack of a better term. And we'd be driving in a car going full speed limit. Look out, there's Red King. And there you can see him and even take a picture of him, which clearly shows how fast Red King is traveling in his effort to keep up with us so that he's right next to the window with us. So yes, orbs are very special. Chemtrails are not special. And yes, Hitler did first originate the idea of chemtrails as a means of genocide, which is not a surprise because he also wanted to work with altering weather patterns. Hitler was very much involved in dark alchemy. He used to send some of his most trusted people out to dig up the most ancient graves of very, very long dead sorcerers and use certain methods of attempting to gain the power from the dirt that they were in as well as from the, the, the remains of these wizards. So it was no, no surprise that all these other countries began playing with the weather, trying to change the weather to suit their own agendas. And then, of course, the genocide. The genocide, which is hitting everywhere. We agree with you. We've heard some stories lately from people we trust completely. Uh, one man in particular is a, we were not going to say his name, but he's a well-known doctor around the world, very much in demand for his knowledge. And he is also an Arcturian walk-in, which, of course, the medical profession does not need to know. And he called us just recently and said, my God, I was outside and they're spraying so terribly, which we know we're they're doing it everywhere, including here. And he said, but the odd thing is, while they're spraying, he said, these things fell out of the clouds and down on the ground. And he described them as gray 
colored hard beads. This is an ugly process. People want to know, well, how will they know when they have a leader of a country, any country, that's really going to be completely working with the people? My answer is this. When you have a leader of a country who goes public and addresses the chemtrail issue instead of denying that he or she knows anything about it, then you'll know you have the leader for the people. Okay. You said there's a lot of meetings going on behind closed doors. They're talking about things like this? Oh, yes. This is very much being in discussion. You have to understand not only because of what we already know ourselves and have been comparing ourselves for here, we're also in touch worldwide with other walk-ins. We're in touch through telepathy like a golden cord which we can all dip into as a type of reserve to help strengthen one another during these times because of everything we're all enduring, just the way everybody else is. But we also talk to really good people who are not walk-ins. They are good, good people, and they're talking, and they're, they're not so much as quiet about it as they once were. The meetings behind closed doors will eventually, the doors will break open. People are arriving at a climatic juncture in their lives all over this planet. It is no longer people being held at an impasse. And more and more truth talkers will be speaking and becoming very, very public about all these things that they know. And it will not be liked by the people who do not want change. So obviously, what's left of the Illuminati still here definitely will not like that any more than they like us. Well, I think it's coming to a head a little bit in the sense that um, we all know, not everyone knows that the Federal Reserve is basically a banking cabal and that it's robbing us, and when we continue to bail out our economy, just printing money out of thin air, that in itself should be a great catalyst to help people wake up. Wouldn't it be wonderful to live in a world without any banks? <laughs> wait a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait a while. <laughs> that is one of those institutions that has to be tore down and rebuilt on a solid foundation with the good of the people for the people. I would say the economy, religion, politics, and corporate business. Those areas need to basically be remodeled. All those areas you described were all created by the darkness as a form of control of the populace, of the people. I call it the golden handcuffs or the velvet handcuffs, where people are in that cycle of spending, 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 which we know what that's all about, to keep us going to work and getting that paycheck and then going to work and getting the paycheck and having a fear that I can't leave my job, right? I have to do this. And so it's the velvet handcuffs. I see a lot of people that are in handcuffs that are steel, 
hard as steel, right? And I think that's becoming even more prevalent in this economy. It's part of my work to help people get out of working for the man or working for someone else. And I really think that people need to find the value in their own life, live their passion. I believe that there's a way to bring an income in when you live your passion. Hopefully we can wait a while and find that that greenback, that monetary exchange, changes into a different cooperation level where we're exchanging different things besides money or coins. More and more people need to know first how to find their passion, what it is, and then follow it and definitely trust that they're doing the right thing. It sounds so simple, but it's such a challenge for many people because there's old thought patterns and beliefs in the way. It is not as difficult as it may be believed to be. If people stop thinking and simply start feeling, sensing, experiencing through their senses, what their passion is, what they really want in their life, but keeping the intellect out of it, they will find that there will be less challenges for them to go through. They won't all be eliminated. It's really dependent on how many they've written into their soul contract prior to birth. But it really isn't that difficult. The problem is, People have been conditioned to believe it is. For a strange reason, if something sounds too simple, people can't believe that it can be done. I see a world coming where there'll be no need for monetary uh, compensation for anything that people do. People that naturally like to work with the earth, work with the plants, um, mm. will naturally do that and exchange uh, other people who are engineers. They will do this. Healers will do that. And everybody will just help everybody because it's the right thing to do. And there won't be any need for compensation. Mm -hmm. I see that time coming. It's not here yet. It won't be here by 2012. No. Uh, no. It took many, many years to get to here. It's going to take a while to turn it all around. I wanted to ask you, what about Hitler trying to get in? I heard there was a U-boat up trying to get into the inner Earth. There are so few things that he didn't try to do. He unfortunately, was aided by many dark energies. He was a genius in many ways. And yes, he did. I did not hear the story about the U-boat. But I do know, and this is something I know, that one of his plans was to get down into the Middle Earth because he had been shown that there are civilizations there, which of course there are. But he was looking at it from the point of further world control. This was always his game plan. He believed himself to be some type of God. He was told by the evil ones that it was his destiny, 
which, by the way, isn't true, to be the world ruler. The term here is the world ruler, not a world ruler. And he had to eliminate all those who were the inferior types. To him, that meant everyone who did not believe as he did, whose bloodline was too different, anyone he targeted as a, a culture, a religion, uh, a race, that he was told would be a threat to him because they were inferior and their bloodlines needed to be exterminated. Hitler was perfect in every way. He was perfectly evil. He, to the best of his abilities, that is what he was, which is the same as everybody on the planet. To the best or worst of their abilities, they are either good, evil, or floundering around trying to figure out which side they want to be on. Well, I'm glad that we overcame Hitler, although with the current Illuminati. Are we winning? Oh, if people only knew how much we are winning. Yes, yes, we are. But, you know, in another way, I suppose it's better that people don't have the practical knowledge of that because I've seen, and I'm talking about from what I've seen on this planet from centuries ago to what I'm witnessing today, there are far too many people here who, if they see the, the scales that are tipped in their favor, they'll jump aboard it just because it's there and it's the winning team, which is not the good reason to do it. That is very self-serving, and I find it despicable. Mm, you mean some of the people going to the monetary side of spirituality? Oh, oh, oh. oh we know them. Yeah. Okay, David and Celeste, this is one of the most fascinating aspects. Let's talk UFOs. I know that's a whole nother conversation, but do our leaders know about UFOs, and why do they keep us from that knowledge? Oh, they've always known. There's not a leader in this country that hasn't known about it. There's never been a leader of any civilization, even back in the ancient civilizations here, that didn't know about us, that didn't know about the ships. Um, I know what we of the Star Keepers above, who family members and I and always refer to the term UFO as United Front Organization. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Of course they know. There is so many reasons. There is the um, control factor. Mm -hmm. That is a big one. Because if they publicly acknowledge uh, UFO existence to all the public that they've been lying to for so many centuries. There goes the credibility factor. There isn't any. They're going to have to own up to it someday. <laughs> yeah, only when they have no choice. No, they don't. They also do not want people to know what we know, which I personally don't consider a secret, 
They don't want people to know that people are not descendants of the ape. There is no Darwin theory or Freudian theory or anything that Jung or anyone else had to say that correctly relates or adapts to the origins of the human race. All the human race, and of course I'm not speaking of those who are here on the planet simply to serve, whether as walk-ins or as emissaries who come and go in a momentary flash, we're all what they call star seeds. This planet was seeded by star keepers from all different worlds. And they certainly don't want people to know that. What do you think that would do to the religious majority? Well, it would certainly set everybody free. I'd like to take a moment for each of you just to say your closing message. My wish would be for people to start connecting with themselves, start listening to themselves, and start reconnecting directly with God in two-way conversation. Uh, he has time for all of us, believe me. He's, he's busy, but he's not that busy. Uh, <laughs> that would be my wish, for people to start actually talking to God instead of at God mm. and quieting their minds and listening for what he has to tell them. For me, I would address the people of the world and ask them, please, learn to love yourself. Learn to be your own best friend. Learn to walk in truth, stand in beauty, and love everyone, even if you don't like them. Love them, but love yourself first. Know that to be a true human being, you must do these things and not look back have no regrets about anything you think has passed from your life. Look forward, take the hand of God, and walk your talk. Beautifully said. It's true. Loving ourselves is absolutely the key, and it feels good. And now it's time to say goodbye, and I do want to mention your websites, awakenedhearts.com very informative website. It leads to your other websites, including Godumentary, which is a fascinating site. And I encourage everyone to check out the books for more information on today's topics. A book by Celeste and David and Susie Ward called And Then God Said, Then I Said, Then He Said, which I'm still reading it. It's beautiful. And the Blue Star Trilogy, Song of the Third Millennium, through Celestial. So thank you both, and we look forward to future healing conversations with both of you. Have a beautiful day. Have a now day. Have a now day. <laughs> yes. yes. This has been a production by AcousticHealth.com. Thank you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.